Today is from Luke chapter 2, and uh, I begin reading at uh, verse 41, and this is about Jesus, whom they found in the temple at the age of about 12. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. He said to them, Well, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This, my friends, is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Our third grade daughter declared, this is a house. It's not a home. Well, let me give you a little backstory. She was going into the third grade, and we had just moved from uh, Lyons, Kansas, to Independence, Kansas. And, uh, of course, we took our three girls with us, and uh, they were not entirely happy about that move and giving up their friends. And, and so uh, after we had moved into the new parsonage, because I would be the pastor there, uh, our third grade daughter said, This is just a house with our stuff in it. You know, it kind of gets you. Because, you know, we want to build a home. And we want home to be a place of warmth and welcome and invitation. I was never so relieved when a few weeks later, she announced to the family, now I think... It's a home. We were relieved. And that is what we did. You know, when I was uh, raised in the uh, uh, pastor's family, I, we lived from town to town, parsonage and parsonage. In fact, I lived in a parsonage all my life until we were appointed to Aldersgate. I was at the ripe age of 56 when I had to consider buying my own house. I never had to do that before. And it was a fun adventure, don't get me wrong. And we've enjoyed it ever since. But uh, we, would, uh, we would say, uh, when people would ask, where are you from? We'd say, I'm from a little bit of everywhere in Kansas, because uh, my father's a pastor. 
And then we learn to say, home is where our family is. Not necessarily where we came from or a physical place, but it's where our family is. And we take whatever configuration that we are dealt and we seek to build a home using what God has given us for the present time. And that's not always the Aussie and Harriet home of the 1950s. In fact, it's becoming more and more of a rarity. But it is a home, however it is configured. And hopefully, our homes can be havens of blessing and places of peace. Now, in our home, I uh, get to enjoy this. We all get to enjoy this quilt. Uh, My wife made it. Uh, She put it together, and Joselle Wallace, who's in our church, quilted it. Uh, And it is beautiful, beautiful. We have it on uh, the back of a couch in the living room. And, you know, it is really comforting to be able to come home and to curl up with a good book and uh, just enjoy the beauty. Do you ever do that? Ah, pardon me if I sit down, but uh, oh well. You know, making a home takes some effort. And Pastor Maria understands that. Pastor Maria is not here because she needed to drop and go be with her family. Her grandmother, Jill, is uh, gravely ill and is not expected to live. Pastor Maria was supposed to give the sermon today. So on Friday, I said, go, get out of here, get out of here. But as I was preparing this message, trying to think of what she wanted to convey to you because I really like what she had been talking about, I got to thinking, you know, Pastor Maria is really here with us because even though she's at a distance, she is modeling for us the importance of home. There are times you drop and you go to be at home. And she bears witness to our heavenly home as they think about where Grandma Jill will be. So thanks, Maria. So I'm trying to to take her place today. Uh, Now, after 45 years of ministry, um, you'd think that would be easy to do. But talking about home is not something, you know, I usually just get more heady and talk about stuff that uh, uh, is intellectual ascent, Um, like what we should believe and how we should live. And what Maria was talking about was more about belonging than believing, and how that is so gospel, to have a place where we can belong, where we can feel accepted for who we are, where we can find authentic belonging, and it's a journey. Now, a part of her goal was to introduce the theme for Advent this year, which is entitled Close to Home. There's a little note about that in the bulletin, uh, but uh, Close to Home. And uh, th- there'll be some sermons on that using the traditional uh, um, themes of hope, 
uh, peace, joy, and love. There'll also be uh, Advent studies that you're invited to be a part of. If you'd like to uh, uh, pop in on one on a Wednesday evening at 6.30, the pastors are leading these. Uh, Or Sunday morning. Uh, We've even got one carved out uh, for Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. So if you like the idea of diving a little deeper uh, after this service is over at 11 o'clock, there'll be a place for your children um, and a place for you to find out more. So let us know if you'd like to be a part of that. We want to provide the possibility for you to understand more fully what it means to belong. Because when Jesus came to this earth, he came not to be a warring soldier, to right all the wrongs, but to help us know of the God who accepts us just for who we are. So what is a home? I'm going to ask that question just for a little bit. Uh, You know, it could be your immediate family, however that's configured. It could be your chosen home, one that you choose uh, because of circumstances. Or it could be a home that's chosen for you. When we talk about 200 angel tree uh, children, we're talking about children whose homes have been chosen for them in foster care. And uh, it would not necessarily be a home that they would have chosen. It could be our church family. There are so many who, for whom the church means a lot because they don't have family either present with them uh, or uh, they're at a distance. Um, home could be our eternal home, the longed-for but not yet presence with God Hannah Garrity, who helped write the, uh, the, the, the text for the Advent studies, wrote, Home is where you claim it. It can be found at any turn, around any bend. Leslie Gwynn, another author, states, Home can be soothing and sacred or unsettling and painful. It can be grounding and particular, or it can feel hard to name or pin down. It can be invitational and warm, or it can poke at wounds of exclusion and displacement. We celebrate the closeness of God who chooses to dwell with us, while remembering that as God has drawn close to us, that Jesus faced displacement being marginalized, having suffered and even encountered death. Where do you find home? Where do you find home? Now, uh, Pastor Maria is one of these younger pastors like many of you (laughs) who understand Facebook and they post things. And she did this. She uh, asked that question on her Facebook feed and she got over 40 responses Now, I'll not mention all of them, but there's a couple that stood out. Bonnie said, Home is where I can be my authentic and true self, unfiltered. I can find home in the people who love me unconditionally. Maddie, and that's Daniel's girlfriend, she replied and she said, 
I find home with Daniel, with people I can rest with and be vulnerable with. And Maria replied, that's going to get in the sermon. Darren said, I feel at home when I don't feel any pressure to be anything other than who I am, and it's easy to be me. I feel at home when I sing a hymn in church that reminds me of my grandmother. Or when I let my dog out of its crate and he jumps into my arms. Mackenzie wrote, Home is where I can make noise. Laugh super loud, yell across a room, make weird thinking noises, sing without judgment, sob into a book, and crash into my coffee. Maria replied to that one too. She said, I love this. Home is where you don't have to shrink yourself. Jane included church in her response. A place I feel at home is church. She says, I've been part of three significant churches in my life. One was my birth church. And the others began to feel like home when I began to feel I belonged. Wow. So it's not just about I believe. We have a lot of belief statements in our creeds and in our affirmations. We say, I believe. I believe in this. I believe in that. I believe in the Bible. I believe in Jesus. But just as important is I belong in the everlasting arms. In the everlasting arms. We're making memories right now. You know... Uh, when I was at Great Bend, I served the uh, First United Methodist Church downtown for seven years. Um, and uh, while I was there, the church formed a study committee, and they wanted to study the reasons people come to church so that they could be more attentive uh, to the things that help people uh, feel welcome. And they did this survey throughout the congregation. They even did some surveying in the community. And when they compiled the results of that survey, they were astonished that Jesus didn't make it to the top of the list. You know, one would think in a church that Jesus would be top. He came in second, I'll have you know. The first they discovered was relationships. The power of life-giving and sustaining relationships. That's what brought people to church. And you might think about, what is it that brought you in these doors for the very first time? Was it the fame of the pastor? Was it something we believe? Or was it someone who invited you, a family member, a relative, an acquaintance, or a neighbor, or a friend? Something to ponder with. And even in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, we find that Jesus was made known through the friends who invited friends who invited friends. And though Jesus was second on the list, relationship is what brought people to a belonging and a sense of feeling at home with the master. How good is that? So, maybe we should be saying, welcome home to all of you on Sunday morning.
Now, our gospel lesson was about Jesus when he was 12 years old, and the, the family uh, had a, a, a pilgrimage to uh, Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And uh, when that feast was over, they traveled home. And you go, well, surely they would keep track of their family, wouldn't they? I mean, don't you count heads? Unless you're watching the movie Home Alone, and uh, then and it's possible. Well, in those days, they traveled in groups. This is, this is known. They traveled in groups. Often the, the, the men would travel at the front of the, the, the whole group, and they would travel together because then they could talk about baseball, football, the weather, or whatever men like to talk about. But they could also check out and take care of any thieves that were lurking in the hillside or any bandits that might jump out at them. So their purpose was to keep the women and the children safe. And then second would often be the group of the women. The moms, uh, the single ones, they traveled in a group. There was safety in numbers. And they would talk about things that women talk about. Maybe about making quilts uh, and quilting them. Who knows? And then the children would bring up the rear as a group. And you can sense the children frolicking and kicking up dust as they were playing games and laughing and being noisy, as children would. And so they would start the day that way. And by the end of the day, when they came to a place where they would rest, that's when they gathered their family together. And it was then that they realized that Jesus wasn't in the group of children that brought up the rear. And they were immediately petrified, as I'm sure you would be, if you suddenly realized your child was not within sight. And they left the safety of the group, and they traveled back to Jerusalem. That was a very dangerous thing for a mom and a dad to do, to travel alone. But they went back. And they searched and they searched and they searched, asking everyone they could see. They were panicked and desperate until they finally found him three days later in the temple. Now, as they would think about that, I'm sure they would realize that, yeah, that's where Jesus needed to be. But surely he could have sent them a text or something. Jesus realized then the power of God's home when his parents would not quit until they found him. I can almost imagine that Jesus would tuck these things away in his heart just like his mother did when it says she pondered them in her heart. For it was not Too many years later that Jesus would be teaching in parables. And he would tell about the parable of a shepherd who had a hundred sheep, but one of them got lost when he counted at the end of the day. There were only 99 in the fold. And so what did he do? The same thing his mom and dad did. He left the flock and he went searching for the lamb. God is like a shepherd who won't quit until... He finds the lost lamb and welcomes it home. Wow, 
I could also think that maybe that's where Jesus got the, uh, the, uh, the parable of the woman who had ten coins and she loses one of them. And uh, God is like a woman who has ten coins and when she loses one of them, she sweeps the house. When it gets dark, she trims a lamp and, and she searches until she finds that coin. And then she calls her friends and neighbors and says, let us celebrate, for I find the lost coin. That's exactly what Mary and Joseph did. And then the pinnacle of that series of, of uh, parables is the parable of the father who was longing for his son and dearly missing them. I can see him sitting on his porch, scanning the horizon with his binoculars every day, looking to see if his son might be coming home because he'd gone to a distant country. He'd squandered his his inheritance. He, he was involved with all kinds of loose living, and he was dusty, and he was dirty, and he was tattered. And one day, the father sees in his binoculars the image of one that looks like his son. God is like a father who runs as fast as his legs would carry him with abandon toward his son. And when he gets to him, he throws his arms around him and he kisses him and he, and he calls for the best robe and, and for a feast to be prepared. For this my son was lost but now is found. Yep, kind of like Mary and Joseph, who wouldn't quit until their son was back safe in the closeness and welcome of home. That's what we hope to convey this Advent season. That as we seek to build our homes and nurture our families, whatever configuration they may be. Or if we call that uh, the children that are named on the tree become our family in absentia because our family is nowhere to be found or long ways away. However that is for you, that we help make our families havens of blessing and places of peace. And our church with unconditional welcome for all who comes within its doors at the relationships they cultivate here might help them feel at home in the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. So welcome home, my friends. We're glad you're here. I trust that you will find God here and that you will find warmth and welcome in the name of Jesus. Amen.